Welcome to a brand new episode of Cup of EO, the tea break size podcast that gets to the heart of the important topics in the world of voiceover. Expect candid stories, top tips and sage advice as I chat with expert guests who are at the top of their game in the voiceover industry. I'm your host, Kimberly Parker, tea addict and VOpreneur. And this week, for my final episode of this series, I'll be spilling the tea on AI. Should we be afraid? Best thing I think we can do is to start sound more human. When you hear the words AI or artificial intelligence, what do you think? How do you feel about where it's currently at and where it's heading? Are you fearful that it might replace you in your line of work? As a voiceover artist, that's definitely a big concern of mine. Not because I think that a machine can accurately replace a human voice, but that it will become good enough for companies that usually hire voiceover artists to justify the money they'll save using an AI voice, rather than paying for and licensing the voice of an experienced, professional human voiceover artist. It's not just VOs that are worried. Something that brings me some comfort is seeing that it will impact the entire workforce across industries. Whether for good or for evil, is still up to us to decide. Not you or me or Joe Bloggs, but rather lawmakers. Experts predict that AI will undoubtedly change the nature of most jobs that currently exist, and that the impact will be bigger than the Industrial Revolution. So will it augment or automate us? The general consensus seems to be that that depends on how we act now. It's up to us as users of technology, creatives, working professionals to become knowledgeable about what AI can do and how we can utilise it to streamline our work and make our lives better, whether that be for work or personal use. But it's also up to governments to put legislation in place to protect us, our intellectual property and our jobs. Unfortunately, they might need educating and pushing in the right direction in order for that to happen. Inevitably, this issue will become a political one, as money is involved and it will have a huge impact on the economy in the long run. Could we all end up on universal income and out of a job? Possibly. All is not lost, however. As you might be aware, the Equity Audio Committee have released an AI toolkit, a resource for audio professionals to use to educate themselves on the law and protect their work moving forwards. These tools include template contracts, model AI clauses, and a template takedown letter in case you discover a digital imitation of your voice or performance without your permission. Please do check it out. I've included the link in the show notes and thanks again to Annette Rizzo, Liam Budd, Dr. Matilda Pavis, Marcus Hutton and everyone involved in putting this together. This really is a step in the right direction. AI is at the forefront of the writer's strike in America, being one of the top issues alongside pay cited on the picket line. Production on new and existing TV shows, as well as films, have been put on hold now for months, since the strikes began in July, and it's not out of the realms of possibility for this to go on until Christmas, especially now that actors are on strike too. If that does happen, we'll be forced to rely on the content we already have, and maybe someone out there will actually complete Netflix. According to the Milken Institute, the 2008 writers' strike, which lasted 100 days, cost the LA economy more than $2 billion in lost revenue. Although these strikes are bad overall for the industry, we want writers and actors to be able to continue to produce the great content that they do, but of course, get paid a fair wage for it and not have to compete with AI. Perhaps this is exactly the spotlight we need shining on the inherent threat that AI poses to all creative industries, 
as the message portrayed by the writers and actors' strikes affect everyone in many different ways. We're not in the US, I hear you cry. Which is true. UK actors and writers aren't being forced or even encouraged to pick it unless they are physically working in the US on productions. Otherwise, they aren't legally protected for breaking their contracts by striking. But as we all know, when America sneezes, the whole world catches a cold. So it does have huge implications for creative industries in the UK as well as the rest of the world. Equity has released a statement outlining how they are showing support for and solidarity with SAG-AFTRA and the actor strikes. And it also has some useful information if you're unsure of whether you should be striking or not, depending on your location, production location and union status. Check out the show notes for the link. I was keen to ask my fellow VO friends and colleagues their thoughts on AI, how it's already impacting the voiceover industry and what we should do about it. Introducing, in order of appearance, Darren Altman, Claire Reeves, Abby Phillips, Ali Murphy and Ant Hewson. Check out the show notes after the episode to find out more about all of my guests. Anyone in a creative industry is going to um, face it at some point. And it is a worry. The worry is real. The re- there's, there are a few reasons, I think. One is that our ears and the general public's ears are more in tune to hearing that style. That style of AI. Before, everyone thought it was a bit clunky, and now we are all used to it. You've got AI people doing corporate videos. And yes, they may sound a little bit clunky, a little bit robotic, but don't forget, every day it's going to get more intuitive, better and better and improve. And if you're just reading out something which is quite dry, the content is quite dry and it doesn't necessarily need a lot of emotion, um, people will say, do you know, it's fine. For what we need, this is fine. But, but I, w- I will say, um, to counter that, what it can't do, at the moment anyway, it can't do irony, it can't do humour, it can't do an aside, you know, it can't sort of set a joke up and, you know, come in with a punch, you know, it's, 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 it's limited. Um, I did read something that the rather brilliant Anna Clements wrote on, uh, on social media about AI, and she said, call it its full name, artificial intelligence. She may have had a fairly throwaway comment there about it, but I thought that's really impactful because what it is, is artificial intelligence. It isn't real intelligence. It's a tool that we can use and people are very, very excited about it and in a kind of, oh my God, we've all got to be on board the AI thing. And I'm like, yes, we do. Um, I think it's important to try and understand what it is, how it might impact us. Um, you know, creative industries, we have always been vulnerable to stuff forever um, because of who we are, because of the fact that people in proper jobs, dare I say it, might think that what we do is fun. So it doesn't matter. So don't pay them properly. You know, you know what we do is a profession and it can't necessarily be done by AI. My worry is it does give people a bit of an excuse to go, oh, it's been quiet because of AI. Um, I've probably said it myself. 
I had somebody get in touch with me saying, look, really like what you do. Your sound suits what we do. We made the mistake a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, of using an AI voice on approximately 100 videos. We don't like it. Do you think you could revoice them for us, please? So even if you think that loads of AI is going to take work now, just wait a minute because it won't be long before you know people that they're trying to reach their audiences go I don't buy this this doesn't feel genuine to me you know haha you can't tell this is fake well actually probably yes we can and we don't like people trying to sell to us in a fake way you know the whole art of voiceover is human connection if it starts to edge that way then well maybe that's fine for some projects. But in a world where people are trying to differentiate and stand out, do we all really want to use the same few AI voices? I'm not so sure they do. I think we almost can underestimate our clients and potential clients in that way and their clients and customers. I think we need to get a grip a bit and say, it'll be all right, because what I offer is humanity, ultimately. Um, you know, so many amazing voiceovers have posted lots of stuff about this. Just name checking the amazing Natalie Cooper as well. She did a lovely post about this very thing that she's a human. Um, you know, and they, actually, we come with flaws. I got plenty. And my voice comes with flaws as well. It's a little bit creaky. It's a bit of a messed up accent. But you know what? It's real. And people relate to how I sound like they always have done. So they're not going to stop doing that. They're not going to stop relating to me and go, actually, no, we've decided to replace you with a really, really good AI that just sounds like this all the time and just goes really, really fast. You know, great. Good luck. Good luck with that. And it might be that we just need to shift where we're looking for work. And it might be that we need to play more on being human than we did 10 years ago. You know, if you had said to somebody, oh, you know, what's your marketing plan include? And they say, oh, well, I just need to demonstrate that I'm a human being. You'd have gone, what? You know, so but it's always been like this. We've always needed to be really agile in marketing and recognising where our clients are and what people's needs and pain points are. All of that sort of hasn't changed. It's the same questions that we need to ask ourselves. Well, AI is it's the conversation where every time it's mentioned, you can hear people's breath disappear <laughs> um, and everyone gets a little bit scared. And I think that that is very valid. Um, and yeah, I do think it's a bit scary. I, I won't lie. I think that there are elements of AI that are worrying. I think the thing that concerns me is that AI will drive down the rates a lot for human voices. I could be wrong, but I feel like it'll we'll get to a point in a few years or maybe even sooner um, where clients maybe come to us and say, well, I could get a computer to do it for nothing. But the most important thing is that we are human beings and we can do things that computers can't do, which is feel. They can try to develop it and make it clever. And some of them are very good, but there's just nothing like a real person. Um, because we are so complex and we have so many levels to us that a computer doesn't have. They learn from us. I think it's really important, like with the rejection thing, to not let something scare you to the point where you feel defeated. You have to think, okay, 
this has come along. It's a it's another big hurdle, but I've just got to keep going and retrain again, get more coaching, develop my skills to a point where if it was between me and an AI, it would be a no brainer for the casting director or for whoever. They would have to choose me because I'm just that good. Making sure that you have the right terms and conditions. If you do have an agent, you make it very clear to them or you check that they're making it very clear to clients that anything that you do is only to be used for that specific project. Otherwise, there will be consequences. And yeah, we just have to, you just have to be really vigilant um, and just make sure that you have everything in writing with every client and that you discuss the specific usage and nothing's vague. And that's all we can do is try to protect ourselves the best we can in that way. AI is a really interesting subject because it's scary and um, I mean, it has been in our lives for years and we probably don't even think about it. Things like predictive text and stuff, it's, it's, it's been in our lives for a long time um, and, and has been useful in, in, in times. When it comes to voiceover, I think like all of us, I'd rather it didn't happen. I don't think it needs to happen. But what I think people can do about it is... Learn as much as you can. So listen to the webinars. There's some great webinars out there of people who have way more experience um, than I do about the legal parts of it. So I've now um, added a, a AI rider onto all of my invoices um, and some of my auditions as well, just to say that they can't be used for anything other than the purpose that they are being used. And there are free riders out there from Nava and Equity. So there's some really good resources out there for people to use to protect themselves. And then the other thing, it was interesting, I was really thinking about this yesterday. When it comes to AI, voices are very, at the moment, very nice. And, you know, like your typical AI voiceover, and it all sounds lovely. Best thing I think we can do is to start sound more human. I had a conversation with somebody on um, social media yesterday who said, my voice is starting to crackle at the end of sentences. And I said, oh, mine's doing that as well. I'm just putting it down to getting older because, you know, the joys of ageing is those vocal cords get a little slacker. But I'm kind of embracing it because... The little imperfections that we have in our voices now, that's what's going to identify us. That's what's going to separate us from AI and their perfection. So why not embrace the things that make us sound a bit human? I think when it comes to what the audiences are going to want and need in the future, I know I can't stand it when I turn on a social media video and it says, this is what it looks like when I do this. I'm like, no, switch off. I don't want to listen to it. It, it grates on me. And I'm, I'm, I hope that in the future, uh, people will want to hear something a bit different and a bit real. And maybe it does sound a bit like you've recorded it just off the cuff and not had to think about how, how does my voice sound here? And should I go up or should I go down? You know, maybe, maybe just embrace these little humanities that we have and, and use that to connect with audiences. What's interesting, though, you do have to be aware of it. You can't bury your head in the sand. My, um, my husband's an animator and he, um, he told me about when he started off animating in the 90s, it was, a lot of it was still hand-drawn and there were guys that were so passionate about their art and about, you know, oh, no, hand-drawn, it's, it's got to be hand-drawn. And they refused to learn the computer technology because they were like, that's not how people want to see things. They want to see the beautiful hand, hand-drawn stuff. And those guys got left behind and then they, they were out of work before retirement age because they didn't learn and you don't I don't know you might not have to embrace it fully as in just become you know sell your voice as an AI all the time but just learn about it just be aware of it keep yourself educated because if you bury your head in the sand there could be a time when you you find yourself too far behind to learn anymore and then you've lost your career anyway 
Yeah, um, I think because just just that, I mean, existentially, AI is a bit terrifying, let alone when it comes to the existence of your career. There's obviously a trend because, or in part because of the increased ability and 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 um, quality of AI. There's obviously a real focus on being a good actor, not just having a nice voice. So that's really important. But I think coupled with that then is the the rise of someone who's bought a mic and starts saying they're a voiceover and providing stuff on Fiverr or Upwork or one of the real cheap end channels, there is essentially competition there. You're not necessarily competing for the same jobs, really, but you're starting with the more of that there is, the more the wider the perception appears in the industry at large among people casting that actually they can get something decent. Legalities and ethical reasoning aside, let's look at the practical applications and shortcomings of AI as it currently stands. Factory workers, customer service roles, accountants, drivers, proofreaders, translators and security personnel all stand to be replaced by AI fully within the next 5 to 10 years. But how can we stop this from happening or ensure that people's jobs are safe? In my experience of working with AI, it is never 100% perfect nor able to complete a job without some human interaction, input or moderation. Therefore, it stands to reason that it shouldn't be replacing any job in its entirety. But you know what it's like. People get excited about developments in technology without thinking about the practicalities of it. How will this affect voice actors? Well, aside from the performance aspect of our jobs, we are also business owners, and the many mundane repetitive tasks involved in finding work, creating and sending invoices, follow-up emails to new leads, content creation for social media, etc., can be helped and streamlined using AI. It's not all voice cloning and robots in our houses. It can be as simple as setting up a task in a CRM to send follow-up emails or prompting an AI program to search the internet for you. I had a great question from a fellow VO about whether using AI for marketing purposes works for voice actors. It definitely can. I sparingly use text input AI to help streamline some of the more time-consuming parts of my business. Am I going to use it all the time for these tasks? No, but if it helps save you time and you get some value from it without compromising your integrity or livelihood, then see what works for you. I would say just be aware that everything you input into any AI model or program is directly contributing to its improvement. So we have to be extremely careful about what we're inputting and how we're using AI in our work and our personal lives. Two of the big flaws that I see in AI voices as they currently stand are the homograph issue and giving the client what they want. Let's start with homographs. Homographs are words that are written the same, meaning they always have the same spelling, but have different meanings. They also usually have different pronunciations. A good example of this is the verb reading and the UK town Reading. How would AI be able to distinguish between the two? At the moment, it doesn't seem like it can, whereas humans can. This may seem like a small issue, but if enough mistakes like these are made, then it becomes a complicated and time-consuming task to correct. Which brings me on to the second flaw, which is the people managing these projects will have to be very prescriptive and precise about exactly what they want out of a performance before the session. No more relying on voice actors' years of training and experience to bring the script to life and give it passion, empathy and nuance. Oh no, they will have to use text input to dictate exactly what they want. 
and if they aren't specific enough or the result isn't what they wanted, they will have to go back to the drawing board and figure out why, which could make the whole process way longer than it would be with a seasoned professional voiceover artist. And as we know with the advertising industry, time equals money. I've already heard stories of VOs being let go to give way to AI voices, only to be rehired months down the line because the AI voices just didn't do the job well enough. If I'm being honest, my prediction is that AI will wipe out the low end of the voiceover market, those with little to no training or experience, cheap equipment, and maybe trying it as a hobby or a side hustle, and only looking on Fiverr or other low-paying P2Ps. They're just not going to stand a chance against AI. And the rest of us? Maybe it will give us the kick up the backside that we need not to become complacent, keep on top of our training, reinvest in our equipment and business, cut out the bad clients who pay late or low rates, and instead focus on the premium work that only humans can do well. AI isn't going away and it will only get better in the coming months and years. So rather than burying our heads in the sand, we firstly need to look at how we can use it to our advantage. And secondly, before we start cloning our voices, please don't do that. We need to push for legislation around the fair use and protection of copyright for images, music, voice and design created by humans. Thanks for tuning in, my caffeinated comrades. If this episode has sparked any questions or comments or you just want to connect, you can find my email address and social handles at KimberlyParker.com. If you haven't caught up with my other episodes, feel free to check them out and let me know what you think. You've been listening to Cup of VO. Until next series, 